This Wellness Couch podcast is brought to you by the Wellness Couch Club. Get exclusive access to the Wellness Guys and Marcus Pierce in live events, webinars, newsletters, and more for less than two bucks a day. Go to www.thewellnesscouchclub.com. Thewellnesscouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. The Real Food Real is a fresh and educational podcast dedicated to your health. We get real on current research, debunk food myths, and educate you on how to just eat real food. Your host, Steph Lowe, the natural nutritionist, is one of Australia's leading sports nutritionists, passionate about simplifying nutrition and addicted to coconut lattes, smoothies, and sweet potato. If you love the show, then please leave us a review on iTunes. Share the real food real with your friends and continue to spread the real food love. Hi team and welcome to another episode of The Real Food Real. Today on The Real, we begin a fantastic new series called The Real Food Athlete. The aim of this is to share with you the stories of success from athletes living and breathing real food. I'm really excited about this as the practical take-home information will be invaluable to many of you. We start The Real Food Athlete with none other than Scotty Farrell from the Sunshine Coast in Australia. It's fitting that we start with Scotty as he is not only an amazing endurance athlete, but also a soon-to-be nutritionist and founder of Natural Athlete, which is all about discovering food and its relationship to performance in a wholesome, natural, nutrient-dense way. Scotty and I originally connected through my social media with The Natural Nutritionist, and we have followed each other's work since. We hung out when I was in the Sunshine Coast racing the 70.3 last year, and it's a pleasure to introduce you all to Scotty's work today. Hi, Scotty, and welcome to The Real Food Real. Hi, Steph, and thanks, for, thanks very much for inviting me to come on your podcast. It's, um, it's a real honour for me. I've been, as you said, I've been a bit of a fan of yours for a couple of years now, so yeah, it's a real privilege to be speaking to you. Awesome. I'm really excited to share your story. So let's dive straight in and share with us your story and anything that you think is relevant to being a real food athlete. Okay. Okay. Well, I'll, I'll go right back. <laughs> I, um, I grew up playing loads of sports in New Zealand of all places. Um, I guess the sole reason I ended up really going to school was so I could play sport. I, um, I spent most of my time staring out the window and and dreaming about, you know, lunchtime. So um, after after school, I got out and I did a, an outdoor recreation course and I was a, a rock climbing instructor and, and just basically surfed all day for a couple of years. Um, and then I moved to Australia back in 2000 and um, I was just visiting some relatives up in Harvey Bay. I ended up um, being invited down to play a game of touch footy hurt my knee, um, so I had, ended up having to have a surgery and then um, while I was laid out um, with my surgery, I decided to go to uni and I became a um, school teacher and I did that for seven years um, in amongst a bit of travel overseas um, and I suppose getting back to my real food sort of stuff is when I started getting into nutrition is um, when I started triathlon really, I um Rather than asking my coach a, a thousand questions, I sort of jumped online and, and started doing lots of research and, and quickly fell in love with, with nutrition as well. So um, that quickly became my passion was nutrition and, and coaching. And um, 
So I resigned from my teaching job pretty quickly and bought a house on the Sunshine Coast, moved down, and that's where I am now. I'm two years into my um, nutrition degree with one year to go. I finish at the end of the year. Awesome. That's so yeah. exciting. Yeah. That's pretty simple. <laughs> oh, it's great that you're following your passion. So tell us more about what you do as an endurance athlete. It's obviously triathlon, but can you dive in deeper there for us, please? Um, so in relation to training? Or... Yeah. Yep. Okay. So I basically do triathlons. And more recently, um, over the last couple of years, I've started to do the long course, long course triathlons. Did my first one back in um, 2012 in, in Bustleton. That was also my first, um, first year I did a half Ironman as well. So throwing myself right in the deep end there. <laughs> and since then, I've done another two Ironmans. I did Ironman New Zealand at the beginning of last year and um, luckily did really well and got um, qualified to go to Kona. Um, I was racing against um, Bevan McKinnon, actually, in New Zealand. He uh, taught me quite the lesson. <laughs> yes, um, we had Bevan on the show just yeah, recently. Yeah, yeah. He's a, I've, I sort of got in contact with him after New Zealand, actually, and, and picked his brain a little bit more, too. He's a, he's a pretty interesting man. Yeah, it's a wealth of knowledge and certainly um, a great example of the practical application because he does race at such a high level. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's a really good guy to follow. Beautiful. Um, so yeah, after that, after that race, after New Zealand, things sort of started to open up a little bit for me, and I started working with a friend of mine, and um, we we sort of sat down and sort of said, "Where where are you headed? You know, what are you doing?" And and um, that's when sort of the natural athlete came about, and um, since then. Um, I've just been doing lots more training. I did Kona. I didn't have the best day over in Kona, but um, I learned. I learned a lot, and yeah, that's where I'm today. That's beautiful. So we'll dive into your races um, a little bit deeper down the track. But yep. I love the idea of the natural athlete. Um, obviously, so you've got the combination of being a nutritionist in training and an endurance athlete. So summarize for us: what's your real food message? Yeah, okay. So as you touched on, I started the, uh, the natural athlete. Um, and basically, as, as you mentioned before, it's to create a community of um, naturally fueled athletes and just trying to educate people about um, eating real food as opposed to loading yourself up with um, lots of refined carbohydrate gels and, and drinks and things like that. And also... Um, protein powders and, and um, products like that, just, just trying to educate people that you don't need all that stuff and you can be a really good athlete without it. Yeah, fantastic. That's basically my real food message is keep, keep it really simple and go for nutrient-dense whole foods. Yeah, beautiful. Very similar to you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think we're on the same page there, that's for sure. Yeah. Great. So... Let's talk practical. Can you share with us some of your day-to-day nutrition strategies? Yeah, sure. So for me, I'm always thinking about what's going to fuel me best based on what I'm doing that day. Um, So as a rule of thumb, the majority of the carbs I eat 
which is on the lower side of things, uh, eaten um, during um, a session or right after? Um, um, yeah, right after post-exercise. So the rest of the day I'm looking for um, rainbows. So I like to, I like to have rainbow plates um, of nutrient, like lots of nutrient-dense non-starchy veggies, um, plenty of good fats and, and a little bit of protein. So for me, it all it always comes back to um, looking for foods that are the most nutrient dense. Yeah, and beautiful. Yeah, just using your common sense. Like you know, it's a piece of fruit is always going to be better than than a bowl of um, processed pasta or you know, or an energy drink, for example. Yeah. Yeah. And when you say carbohydrates, you're talking about, say, in-session and, and post-training, which is something we do for, you know, as a recovery strategy. Yeah. Can you give us some examples of, of what you choose as your predominant carbohydrate foods? Yeah, sure. So um, depending on where I am in the build to a race um, determines what I'm, what I'm generally eating during and, and after or more so during. Um, if I'm in my base training, which is, you know, uh, more than three months out from a race, well, then I choose whole foods. So um, a couple of pieces of fruit, um, sometimes I even make up a smoothie, just throw in a banana, some almonds, um, some chia seed, a bit of maca powder or something like that, and I'll just have that in my bottle on the bike, and, and that's how I fuel myself. Um, and then as I get closer to a race, obviously you need to start practicing your race nutrition a little bit more. So I'll start bringing in what I'm going to be using on race day, which, um, which might be some form of gel or something like that. Yeah. Does that, does that answer your question then? Yeah, that's excellent. So I love how it's obviously quite relative to where you are in your training and, and racing because yeah. I think, you know, like the demands of training obviously increase in the build. And if you're doing Ironman and, and often with, say, a Kona qualification, you don't have much rest and you might be building, you know, pretty much straight after you recover from your qualifying race. So there's lots of different um, situations to factor into that. So keeping it relative is is obviously super important just to make sure you're getting the fuel as, as well as obviously that practical um, application for race day, trialing what you're going to do when it comes to the big day. Definitely, definitely. I know um, that that's during. So straight after sessions, I'm always, I'm always about whole foods. So I never pump in protein powder or anything like that. I always um, just go for what I've got in my fridge or my fruit bowl, which is always fruits, avocados, um, yeah, a bit of chia seed, things like that, just naturally good food that's going to, replenish all the damage you've done during that session yeah great yeah now have you always eaten this way or has it been quite an evolution with i guess your time in triathlon um yeah definitely so through triathlon at at the start i guess when i started looking into nutrition i just i was still smashing down a chocolate milk straight after <laughs> straight after my session because that's what I was reading, you know. That's, that's the what everybody sponsors, right? <laughs> Sorry? <laughs> because they're the sponsors, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so that's what I was hammering down, you know, like an up and go. I'd have an up and go before I went 
went out the door and then I'd have a chocolate milk when I finished and 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 some follow that up with some protein powder. Um, so no, I wasn't always a, a real food advocate and um, I guess to when I started doing the long course racing, you start to have to think about your nutrition a lot more and, and that really got me um, that got me thinking about real foods a little bit more as well. Um, and also, I suppose that coincided with with um, the birth of my first son. You know, you start thinking a little bit more about what's going on the plate at night, especially in relation to my wife, like what, what's, what's the baby going to be getting. And, yeah, so both those things um, work pretty well together. Yeah, I was going to ask, what was the catalyst? What turned you away from, say, up and goes to your homemade smoothies that I know you're getting your... Um, your oldest son involved with, which yeah. is awesome. Yeah. Was that the catalyst, the bump? Um, I think between him and coming across people like yourself, I, I know it was a real eye-opener when I was like, oh, you know, maybe I'd, reading posts that you'd put up and, and other people similar, I was just like, well, you know, maybe I don't need that protein powder. Maybe I can just survive and fuel myself well without it and, yeah, and I suppose that that did coincide with with the birth of my first son Harper. But yeah, so so you and my son maybe will say that. <laughs> <laughs> it's great though, because I mean it does make a lot of sense. Everything you say around the right carbohydrates, so natural sources and the rainbow approach. I love. I see you use that a lot in your social media posts. So all the colors for your vegetables, like it makes such common sense and you know I think it's great to see that full circle whereas we we had certainly lost our way in the sports nutrition world for you know the last 40 or 50 years as I always say yeah yeah definitely yeah people just need to I think read beyond what they see in the advertisements in a magazine or or on a triathlon website or whatever and you know really do some learning around food it's you know there's good information out there you just got to see through the other stuff. <laughs> yeah, spot on. <laughs> yeah. Cool. So let's talk a little bit more around fueling and, say, closer to race day. I know you've now got a few Ironmans under your belt. Can you take us through maybe what you've done in the past and what you do now in the, in the lead-up to and and a little bit deeper on race day? Yeah, sure. So, yeah, as you mentioned before, I, you know, I wasn't always a real food athlete, so – I used to just do the typical um, carbohydrate loading and the and the lots of protein, but um, I suppose after my first Ironman, I started on the on the real food bandwagon, and now my taper looks something like more like um, watching my intake, so um not eating so many carbs during during my taper time so backing backing that off a little bit um again common sense training less yeah just you know matching the matching the intake to the output basically is i like to keep things pretty simple um and yeah so that that i don't know what else to say about the taper you just I keep eating the same, so I don't change anything. Um, just decrease the amounts a little bit, I guess. Yeah. And I suppose for myself, I don't so much count calories, but 
I just um, through time, I guess you learn your body and you and you just learn how much how much you need and how much you're feeling. So I like to eat intuitively, I guess. Is There's how that you word put again. It. I love that word. Yeah, yeah. So that just comes through educating yourself and learning learning what best goes into your body and makes you makes you go well, I guess. Um, um, I'll go. So the night before a race, my my dinner will be something like a like a roast veg with um, quinoa, or maybe some salmon and some sweet potato fries. Just keeping things really simple. Um, the morning of a race is is again nice and simple. I like to go with um, maybe a banana and some chia pudding with some koyo. Or even just a little light, like a really small light um, banana almond vanilla smoothie, something like that. Something nice and light, and, and something that I've practiced many times before, and I know is not going to wreak havoc when I throw it down. Um, and then during the race, I'll, I'll also be sipping. I'll have carry a bottle of water around, but I'll just sip that as I need it, not just guzzle it back because I think I have to drink gallons of water, um, so just drinking to thirst. Um, and then during the race, on the, bo- on the sw- in the swim, I don't have anything. I might have an extra bite of a banana before I get in the water, but um, it's when you're on the bike for me that the fueling really starts to happen. So I'll get out on the bike and, um, you know, get my composure about myself and then I'll, and I'll start diligently eating at regular intervals and trying to get in sort of 70 to 80 grams of carbs an hour on the bike. Um, and then when I've transitioned onto the run, then that amount sort of goes back a little bit um, to more like 50 or 60 grams per hour. Um, I, te- I use gels um, just because it's so easy to monitor how many gels is going into my bottle. I'll just throw the gels into my bottle and then just mix it with some water. Um, so I know exactly how many grams of carbohydrate I'm getting per bottle. Um, and then on the run, I'll just carry gels. And and then if I have to go to that, that magic Coca-Cola stuff later in the race. Um, and I'll also throw – I also – I don't drink coffee normally, so I'll um, – Bring in some caffeine towards the end of the bike. Um, probably like an hour to go on the bike. I'll hit. I'll hit a f- fairly good amount of caffeine, and and I'll um, have some more caffeine on the run. Probably halfway through the run, and that that's usually enough to send me through the roof because you know because I don't have it any other time. Yeah. Um. That that's basically me. That's pretty keeping it pretty simple. Yeah, I think there's a few important points there. So I love that yep. the the most of it is natural fueling, um, yep. but then obviously there's that practical side. For those of you that don't know, Scotty, he does race at quite a high level. Um, you were the first age group at home when I raced Sunshine Coast with you, and not to boast, but obviously the practical side becomes more important because we're looking at getting you on the podium, getting you to Kona. Um, yep. I've got an article which is around the best – gel choices if you do go down that route and obviously we don't like to um 
support Coke at any other time, but it's just that <laughs> practical side of, of Iron Man where it's that really small percentage of the big picture. So what we're focusing on is what you're doing most of the time and that's that real food approach. Yeah, definitely. There's, there's yeah, <laughs> there's no better food or mm. fuel than real food. Yeah, beautiful. And I, lo- I love just touching again on that intuitive approach. So rather than eating to a prescribed intake or, you know, something that you've grabbed off a website that is perhaps quite old or dogmatic in nature, it's it's really looking at what you need and, and, and you know, obviously fine-tuning that over time. I did want to ask you, what sort of performance or recovery changes have you noticed since you've moved more into say, a real food world, and have you had any um, improvements in, say, any gastrointestinal issues that you may have had in the past? Oh, definitely. So soon as I went off um, having the protein powders and the chocolate milks and, and the, the high-carb, you know, the, the pasta meals the night before I knew I had a big ride, soon as I cut, uh, I pretty much cut dairy and wheat out of my diet, um, my energy levels and my recovery time, my energy levels flattened right out. So I didn't have that, you know, that typical mid-afternoon lull that that's pretty synonymous with most people I talk to in triathlon. Um, yeah, I was able to just do my session in the morning, say a big long five-hour ride on a Saturday, recover, look, fueling on natural foods, and then recover with my with my natural um, smoothie, and then I'd be fine for the whole day. Um, and as far as gastro and intestinal stuff goes, I I noticed a huge difference. Um, I wasn't feeling bloated all the time, and I certainly didn't have as much gas. <laughs> um, yeah. That's, yeah, that's great. I mean, so they're quite think, common examples yeah. as you would have noticed being around the sport for yeah. quite some time now. Yeah. People expect to be feeling exhausted at 3 p.m., needing sugar as a pickup. There's also this, you know, thing where it's like into an Ironman build, you're supposed to be exhausted, and it's, it doesn't need to be that way. It's, it's about the way you eat and the way you train. Exactly, yeah. I think... If you're fueling yourself properly and you're getting enough sleep at night and things like that, then your body will adapt. You you just adapt to what it'll adapt to what it needs to be done, basically. And yeah, if you fuel, fuel it properly, then you're giving it all the best chances to do that. Yeah, spot on. Yeah. Now, obviously, I know you personally, and I, I know you're you're pretty lean. Um, yeah. You obviously don't have any challenges there, from what I know. But ha- has there been any sort of adaptation or anything you've noticed that you'd like to share with us over your real food journey in terms of say race weight or what you what your body does all year round yep yep cool great question so again going back to my first Ironman and and that first Ironman prep where I was you know poking in the protein um my weight sort of sat around 72 kilos um which is still light but I'm, I'm a pretty lean guy, and I, and I went and did Bussa, and I thought I was fit and strong and and healthy and everything like that. But as soon as I got onto the real food way of eating, so I got rid of the, you know, I got rid of the dairy and I got rid of the wheat products. Um, my weight went straight down to like 69 kilos. Wow. Um, you know, which is it's it's light, um, but 
it just told me that I was just carrying on a carrying extra weight that I didn't really need and and I guess since then I've sat on 69 kilo like the last two years I've just sat on that same weight whether I'm whether I'm two weeks out from a race or six months out um my weight's just regulated perfectly I don't even I don't I don't worry about it. I don't have to think about it at all. That's pretty awesome. I don't know many people that uh, stay at race weight. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I lied. I did get down a little bit lower, so I might have, I know, like, different scales, different weights, but when I lined up to race Kona, I was 67, so I was really light. Yeah. Um, but it was a pretty hot week over there, so... Yeah, that's obviously very relative, but um, we know you're yeah. going to get home faster in in most situations with that extra. What did you say you were? Seventy five. Um, no, no, six. I was sixty nine, but then um, for oh, for Bustleton. Yeah, before you lost the weight. I was seventy two, seventy three kilos. Yeah, yeah, so I mean, it's still going to help your efficiency by by a mile. So that's oh, definitely. You know, three or four kilos is a huge amount when you're carrying it through a marathon. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Very good. That's all super interesting, and I'm I'm glad you're having such success with um with obviously what you've been doing personally, but now what you're able to continue to share with your community and obviously athletes that you interact with um day to day. Yeah. Cool. So let's let's share what a day on your plate look like, looks like. I know you've given some fantastic examples of foods that you're already eating, but yeah. take us through like do you do a traditional snacks between meals or is it a breakfast lunch dinner and and what are you eating say on a regular day scotty okay so generally each day i i've got some sort of exercise in the morning so i'm usually following you know anywhere from a one to three hour training session i'll follow this up with either something like a a smoothie with um some with a banana some berries some avo like half an avo usually um, you know, a few almonds, some coconut cream, um, vanilla, a bit of cinnamon, and just water and ice. Um, or because it's summer, um, maybe a chia pudding with some berries and coconut cream. Just keeping it pretty simple. Again, <laughs> um, and lunch for me is usually leftovers from the night before. So. At the moment, because it's really hot up here, hot and humid, we don't feel like eating anything other than like a big, a big green salad with lots of uh, or with some raw salmon, avocado, maybe a boiled egg in there or two, um, and then load it up with some sort of dressing, like an olive oil, apple cider vinegar style dressing. Um, in winter, that lunch will probably be usually like a frittata, something like that. With, loaded with up with veggies um i don't tend to snack in the morning i tend to be able to get through from you know seven or eight o'clock through till midday with pretty easily after i load up after a session um in the afternoon i do sometimes get a bit snacky so um i reach for you know something like a peach or a handful of nuts or crackers and some homemade pesto or something like that um, and dinners at the moment are, again, lots of big rainbow salads full of non-starchy veg and, and some, um, some sort of protein. So usually meat, so chicken, a um, bit of beef, whatever, whatever's there. 
you're not too fussy. Yeah, um, but yeah, that, that's pretty much, pretty well my day. Now, obviously, that changes with the whatever's in season and, um, yeah, the temperature. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm from Queensland too, so I know exactly what you mean. You certainly just feel like salads and smoothies when it's upwards in, in the 30s and the humidity is, you know, 50% at 6 a.m. <laughs> yeah, I'm hearing you. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. So simple, so nutrient-dense. And um, we might have to get you to put some of those recipes together and we'll, we'll share them in the show notes because they sound mighty fine. Yeah, my pleasure. Awesome. So what's next, Scotty? What are you up to in 2015? Are you back to Kona or you're focusing on your studies? Share with us what you're up to. All right. So I'm not going to go back to Kona this year. I think I just found that last year everything got a bit, uh, a bit busy um, during that second semester and I... I really just felt like I skimmed through that semester. So this year I want to really get get in and, and focus on uni a little bit more and make sure I'm actually learning something rather than just skimming over the top of a lot of it. Um, I mean, I still learnt stuff, but I think I could have been in there a lot deeper. Um, I'll continue to um, coach. I, I coach about three or four athletes just you know, I don't make lots of money out of it. It's just as a, as a hobby more, more than anything at the moment. Um, so, yeah, finish out, finish out my um, degree at the end of the year. Uh-huh. Keep building up my natural athlete brand, um, building that community of natural athletes, um, a lot like you've done over the years. Um, Sporting-wise, events-wise, um, I, I got the nod from my wife to uh, – to go and do the North Face 100 in May, so um, yeah, it might seem like it's a, it's a big goal running 100 k's, but it's actually a fair amount less training than training for an Ironman. So you know the way I timetable things, I can I can still train for that. You know, 10 to maybe 15 max hours a week, um, and still function well and have plenty of family time and plenty of, plenty of time to devote to uni. Um, so that'll be me. Although I really want to qualify for the uh, 2016 70.3 World Champs because they're here on the sunny coast. So I'll probably need to, after the North Face in May, start, start doing a little bit more triathlon based training and um, get sharpened up for September. Yeah, very good. And then, yeah, then next year I'll be pretty keen to go back to Kona. That's that's a whole another year away, so we'll worry about that then. <laughs> Beautiful. Sounds like a great plan. I love the way you really prioritise your family. Um, that's obviously always awesome. And I know yeah. what you mean. I mean, t- training for a triathlon, just the three disciplines just adds that that time, that extra commitment. And, I mean, I commend you for going to Kona in the middle of a university degree. I think you had a new bub born just before you went as well as everything yeah. else you've got on your plate. So I'm sure lightening the load is uh, much needed for you, Scotty. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think I just bit off a little bit more than I could chew, but <laughs> that's life, right? We live and we learn. We do, absolutely. Yeah. Sweet. Thanks so much for coming on the show. I hope everyone's learnt heaps from your journey before we go scotty where can our listeners find you yeah so i'm just in the process of building a new um, website which will be naturalathlete.com.au and and that'll have all the links to my other social media which is um, mainly facebook and instagram so i'm just natural athlete on facebook and the natural athlete on instagram and yeah you can follow my day-to-day happenings and 
all my little my little tips on there. That'd be cool. And all the cute photos of your son drinking healthy smoothies. I love that. Yeah, yeah, it's it's amazing. You know, he's he knows what every single fruit and vegetable is in in, in our house, and he can tell me exactly what I need to put in my smoothies, which is very cool. Yeah, I think he's uh, creating the recipes these days. <laughs> yeah, sometimes. <laughs> Sometimes they don't taste that good, though. <laughs> <laughs> Start them young anyway. Yeah. Awesome. That was so good. Thanks for coming on The Real Food Real, Scotty, and we will chat very soon. My pleasure, Steph. Keep up the great work. Thanks again. Take care. See ya. Hi, it's Damien Christoph here. 2015 marks perhaps the most important event the Wellness Couch has ever conducted. We've had two sold-out wellness summits these last years, but honestly, nothing will come close to our first ever wellness breakthrough. Your favourite Wellness Couch experts, the Up For A Chat girls, Quirky Cooking's Joe Whitten, Stu Hayes, Marcus Pierce, and of course the Wellness Guys, are all gathering in Danong Ranges for three days and two nights for one incredible event. If you want possibly the greatest peer group in health and wellness to help you catapult your life to the next level, then we'd love to see you at the Wellness Breakthrough in February. For more information, go to www.thewellnesscouch.com. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.